from the Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we're going to focus the next couple of weeks on what well, we got to have one exceptional event that's happening this weekend. And we'll be talking a little later with Dr. Robert L. Jeffrey about the his busy weekend uh, that will have a uh, a, re, a renewing community uh, communities festival that'll be at Jimi Hendrix Park. Uh, that will be on Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday he's doing something at the church with a whole array of artists. But we'll get with him a little later. Uh, so I do have uh, Reverend Doctor uh, Steve Baberon. Uh, he's one of the leaders in our event this year. As a matter of fact, we adopted the the, the pastor's theme of uh, dream uh, unfinished. Uh, continuation, not commemoration. It also had been joined by Hayward Evans, who is a co-convener of the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. The sponsors the event have anything to do with Dr. King because we're in Martin Luther King Jr. County. So we have to be busy and stay diligent about uh, uh, advancing Dr. King's philosophy. But I want to go to, to uh, Reverend Baber now, who's been one of the leaders uh, with the pastor's event that will they be hosting at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church on Friday, uh, August 25th at 7 p.m. And the host pastor is Reverend Dr. Linda Smith. And we'll have her on, uh, if not Monday, uh, next Thursday. So Reverend Steve, why don't you give our uh, listeners an update as to how things are going, how you guys came about with the, having the preach in, and uh, also a little bit about how serious is this whole issue right now with what we see what's happening in the country. Well, thank you, Eddie. Um, uh, thank you for allowing uh, me to come on to your program and talk to you about something that's important to our nation and especially important to we uh, uh, who have been oppressed by this nation since our presence here, starting back in 1619. Um, it, it started in the church. I said a lot of times, a lot of people, as we commemorate the march, Folks have forgotten to a great degree that it was a religion. I won't say a religious event, but it was led by those who could lead our folks, which were pastors, because they had a degree of independence. You couldn't fire them because you had to go through the whole black community to get to a pastor. And that gave the pastor some layers of independence that you couldn't just on Monday morning say you fired. You, you had to go through the community. So we came to this idea as Dr. King led this march. He and <clears throat> A. Philip Randolph and Dorothy Hearst, this was a continuation. They wanted to have it back in 42 of during World War II, A. Philip right. Randolph, when there was discrimination, there were job issues, and you know they just say, hey, don't do this during World War II. And what a lot of people don't recognize, there were two prior marches that young people had where 20 and 30,000 young people in 1955 after Brown versus Board of Education. And again, I believe in 1959, young folks marched trying to end this segregation in America. And so what we wanna do is begin to talk about some of that and contextualize that we are still dealing today. That's why the title was changed to some degree, Dream Unfinished, not a commemoration, but a continuation because there have been forces of evilness and wickedness that are still at work today with voter suppression, with jobs, with justice, uh, killing of black folks. All of that has continued almost unabated. And so we wanna deal with that. We wanna highlight that because the theme back then, Dr. King now and A. Philip Randolph is they wanted to redeem the soul and spirit 
of America, of this nation. That is still required because there are still people and forces that do not want this nation redeemed. They still want us to accept a you know, 1.2 or a 1A or 1B or C status as citizens. Like, we, you know, if you're going to be here, you can be here, but you need to accept that we're not going to give you all your freedoms, all your privileges of citizenship, but we want you to accept them and be quiet. And that's the part that just galls some people that we won't be quiet, we won't go away, and we're calling you to be a better people, to be a better nation. And so we want to not be put in that box, and we refuse to be put in that box. So Friday, August 25th, is the kickoff for this three-day weekend event. And the idea is there will be pastors, and they're going to preach on everything from reparations to uh, the Poor People's Campaign, which was another project of Dr. King. Um, we're going to talk about justice. We're going to talk about voting suppression. We're going to talk about education. All these things which contextualize what Dr. King and those that were with him were going on Washington, D.C. to address. There's still issues we have to deal with today. And like I said, to redeem this nation's spirit, this has to happen because every time America, we as African-Americans have moved forward, there are always those forces that say we need to not only contain them, but we need to basically drive them back so that somewhere they are not able to have all of the fruits of full citizenship and participation in this nation. And so that's part of this kickoff. And we're going to do this. There's going to be some prophetic voices that will be preaching that night. We, we have uh, pastors that have from Dr. Braxton to Dr. Linda Smith, to Josephine Howell, who will sing. Uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, well, Carl Livingston is going to be there, Dolores Nettles, uh, Harriet Walden, Kelly Brown, who works with the Poor People's Campaign, and Dr. Barber back in Carolina. So there will be all of these people that will address these different aspects, and we're asking each of them to do it in about seven minutes, just much like services are done during Easter, the 13 stations of the cross, or Jesus' last seven words, because there has to be a spiritual dimension to this wickedness that people have. You cannot do what America has been doing to us for over 350 years. And so they don't want to hear it. You have laws now. They're trying to rewrite that slavery wasn't nothing but a vocational training program um, where some things shouldn't be taught. And there's a lot that hasn't already been taught, yet what little bit that's out there, they want to minimize that. So um, Friday, August 25th is the kickoff to this, just as there will be the march uh, on Sunday. There will be some events on Saturday with young folks. So I think that this is something that people need to know, because part of it is, I believe it's William Faulkner that said, the past is really never in the past, but it's with us today. And so what we're going to do is highlight that there are challenges before us today that it seems like they're on a silico event that they kind of go down for a while. But understand, you know, whether it's Jim Crow, whether it's segregation, both of them that had some nephews and nieces that are still active today impacting our people. And so that's what we're looking to do uh, on Friday, August 25th, 7 p.m. at Martin Luther King Baptist Church. That's great. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey has, has joined. Dr. Jeffrey, are you here? He's going to be on later talking about his events this coming weekend. Uh, but uh, 
if he was on. Yes, I, I'm, I'm here. Have, I'm here. Dr. Jeffrey, could you comment on uh, some of the issues that are just raised by uh, Reverend Dr. Baber? We'll get to your part of the, part of the program a little later. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, we're in a very uh, precarious time right now. Um, I, you know, I, I think that um, we're in a time now where where our community has to make some really serious decisions about how we go forward. And I, I think that it, it's good to commemorate what everybody has done, but we're going to have to make some really serious decisions about how we how we organize and restructure ourselves to move forward. Um, it is obviously evident right now that the country, uh, 30, 30 to 35 percent of the country is still living in um, is still living in uh, post slavery slavery era with their mindsets. And um, we can't wait for that 35 percent to, to change their minds. But they are affecting the they're affecting the nation. They're affecting the politics of the nation. They're affecting how they're affecting our kids, you know, keeping our getting our kids off the streets. They're affecting everything. It's 35, maybe even 40 percent uh, who are just out and out nationalists and who are out and out racist. And they found they found in in Trump uh, a, a trumpet, a, a person who who can lead that lead that march, lead that revolution for them. And they're going to cling to that. They're going to cling to that no matter what happens. I mean, no matter what they do to Trump, they're going to cling to him. He is their he is their he is their leader. He is their uh, spokesperson that, that to to bring them back to a time in this country when they were in control of blacks, in control of minorities, and where white was uh, you know to be white was uh, to be almost like a god in in America. And uh, they're not going to give that up. So what we have to understand is, is that they're in control of the politics. They're in control of the social services and social systems. They're not in control of them, but they affect them greatly. We've got to start understanding that our power is not necessarily outside of ourselves. Our power is in how we uh, structure ourselves to combat this. And, and, And through politics, yes, through all of this other stuff, yes, but we've got to build uh, 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 internal structures, internal systems that are going to dis- that maybe not dismantle what's going on in America, but at least protect our children and protect ourselves from this madness. Thank you, Reverend Jeffrey. We're going to come back and talk about your busy weekend a little later in the program. But I want to give uh, Reverend Paul Benz two minutes to give his comments. He's a member of the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee and is always there for us. Matter of fact, he was one of the reasons we have the McKinney Center uh, the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority. He labored on that one. So take two minutes so I can get DeMarlin on, sir. You can, I'm coming back to you at 229. All right. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, great to be uh, on your program and uh, good to see uh, Reverend uh, Jeffrey and and uh, and Reverend Baber. Um, Eddie, you, you know me. Uh, I'm uh, not a person to... Uh, uh, sit around and, and contemplate things. Um, I'm a, a, I've always been a person of action. Uh, these are the injustices. Uh, how can we uh, partner together um, and make the changes that we need to make, particularly in the halls of power? Uh, so you just cited one of them that we, we that we worked on the preservation authority with uh, Representative Santos. So what I'm working on right now is with the Coalition for Police Accountability. 
uh, led by impacted family members, many of whom are black and uh, brown uh, members of, of their communities that have lost loved ones at the hands of police. Okay, and, and we're going to so, talk more about that at 229. Okay, very good. So we're going to come back to you. Uh, right. Hayden Evans is waiting in the wings. He's uh, the co-convener of the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, and he's got a responsibility for trying to coordinate all four of the events because there's big one Monday. But right now we have a superstar by the name of DeMarlin Sisney, and this guy sent me an email and saying that he is an analytics and AI slash ML specialist at AWS. I don't know what he was talking about. So, I mean, that's why he's smart and I'm not. So uh, he's a young brother. He got six engineers working for him, and he's going to be up there encouraging the young folks to also pursue uh, technology. So, DeMarlin, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, Hayward Evans is over your right shoulder. You can't see him. But anyway, why don't you go ahead and share with us a little bit about your background, your company, and what you will bring to the table for the Youth Forum on Saturday, uh, August 26th. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, so again, my name is DeMarlin Sisney. For those that don't know me, and please feel free to call me D. Uh, and my background is technology, right? I spent about four years at Amazon Web Services, which is the cloud computing division at Amazon. I was an analytics and AI ML specialist, kind of came up through the, the sales org, through inbound and outbound, and it was a strategic ISV account manager, so helped DocuSign actually build out a lot of their modern data processes, and then went into an analytics and AI ML specialist role. I had a $70 million quota. What, what does that mean? So uh, primarily dealing with companies. Go ahead, tell us what that means. <laughs> So uh, basically helping customers and clients and, and individuals understand their data, right? So how are they ingesting data from different data sources? How are they storing that data in a central repository? And then from that, being able to derive analytics from that and an understanding of their data. Um, it's a sad thing to say, but only 27% of uh companies nationwide have a modern data strategy or actually understand what they're doing with their data. Um, so that's where we come into play. And then AIML is, you know, it's it's been the talk of the town uh, um, with artificial intelligence and machine learning. But essentially, uh, you know, the new craze is like chat GPT with natural language processing, where you can essentially ask it anything, okay. right? And you can really engage in it, much like we're having a conversation here, you can engage with the uh, natural language processing model that it's built upon to ask it questions, to curate content, to um, do an array of different things, right? And so uh, I will be actually teaching a masterclass on that at the Black Business Leadership Conference uh, to help our small and underrepresented businesses learn how to leverage that a little bit more. But now I've launched, I'm out of corporate America, much more invested in my community. Um, I've launched Hop Consulting, Hop Technical Assistance, and we focus on um, small and underrepresented businesses. Hop stands for helping the overlooked prosper. So again, all too often, small and underrepresented businesses are overlooked and are also overlooking the possibilities of technology. So that's where we come into play. Um, so I've been working with MLCC, the or MLKCC, the Martin Luther King Cultural Committee, uh, to really help on the technology side. And so we'll be doing a lot of things around surveying and tracking and really getting the input of the youth uh, because we can speak on the youth all day, but actually having their perception and their input is really important. So looking forward to that. Uh, 
I always wonder what hop meant. Tell me what that means again. Yes, sir. Helping the overlooked prosper. Okay. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your company. You have uh, several engineers working for you, and you also have customers outside of the country? I do. Yeah. So we focus on small and underrepresented businesses, um, but that's not limited to the U.S. I do have clients in Budapest, Hungary, and South Africa, and Peru, um, and in other areas as well. And I help them with their technology, right? Um, and so essentially what we do, I do have six black engineers. I've designed my team um, on purpose, right? Because when you look at statistics, I'm a big data person. Um, only 2% of the individuals that are representative on the engineering side are actually black, <laughs> right? And so uh, I've strategically tried to align and design my team um, to really put forth the um, those that are oftentimes, again, overlooked and not presented with the same opportunities. So we have six Black engineers on the team, a uh, machine learning engineer, a, a data analytics, a security, um, a software engineer, and then a front-end web developer that can focus on the websites. But as I mentioned, we focus on everything from website and app development to getting that data and understanding that data around consumer behavior and then producing executive dashboards um, and uh, models behind that data as well. Now, I'm just out of curiosity, uh, how many firms uh, uh, that are owned by African-Americans like yours, and can you have any idea how many partner firms you have that are owned by African-Americans? I don't have that number off the top of my head. I will say as far as tech jobs and tech opportunities, 300,000 tech jobs came to Seattle in the past five years but only 2.7% of them went to Black folks, right? And that's due to a lack of access, a lack of opportunity, and a lack of knowledge, right, around technology and the possibilities around technology as well, which is why um, I did create the Seattle Tech Inclusivity Initiative, uh, STII, under the Participatory Budgeting Initiative to really hone in on training and certifications and providing technical assistance, um, but really focusing on the digital literacy and the training and certifications piece to try to double that number because less than 3% out of 300,000, that's, that's terrible. So we, we got some work to do on that for sure. Well, I just want to, you have company because uh, last year in Washington State, uh, African-American owned firms did 0.18% of the state's business. And a year after Governor Jay Inslee signed his executive order, January uh, 2022, at the end of January, at the end of the year, African-American firms did 0.22%. So uh, we're, we're happy you're, you're going where you're going. There's also going to be a youth forum. I'm going to ask Haywood Evans, the co-convener, to talk about some of the activities that will be happening on the day where you'll be highlighted. So Haywood, hey, you, 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 you know we got we got to get D on the uh, uh, MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative. D needs to be right up front. Can, can you share that with D a little bit? Well, we'll we'll talk offline about that one. Okay, look, D. I D, did want to add real, down the pipeline. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For sure, and I'd love to be a part of that as well. But I did want to add before you you um, hop, no pun intended, on that to to Mr. Hayward here. Uh -huh. I did want to um, 
kind of touch on just the just what you all are doing, what we're doing, right? Because I'm a part of the the committee as well under Tanya and uh, Tana and uh, Dr. Tracy, right? Been working with the youth, but when you think about this, um, this whole thing that we've been doing. I love the take on on the dream unfinished, not a commemoration, but a continuation. And I really feel like that it's a call to recognize that while progress has been made in terms of civil rights and racial equity, right, um, since the original march, that there's still work that needs to be done. The use of the words, right, dream unfinished, uh, the, the diction there really alludes to Dr. King's dream of a future where people are not are, are judged by their character rather than their than the color of their skin. But this idea that this dream has yet to be realized fully, right? And you take what just happened, for example, in Alabama, what I call honestly a, a modern day lynching and, and, a, and an attack, not a brawl. Right, what they try to uh, put out in media as something as a brawl. Um, I really feel like that it was that of an attack, right? And had individuals not intervened, um, it was very synonymous with with what a, a modern day lynching could be like. But by saying not a commemoration, but a continuation, because there's always high hopes behind things, I really feel like that the message emphasizes that the anniversary is not just about looking back and celebrating past achievements, but also about recognizing ongoing challenges, right? And the need to really keep striving for justice and, and social change. And so that's why I love this and, and really support this and uh, encourage everybody to come out and really support this event as well, because, you know, we've made strides, but there's still some work to be done. And I love what, um, you know, Pastor Jeffrey said as well, that our power is not out of ourselves, right? You you go to different areas and you see, um, you know, you go to Bellevue, for example, and you see that um, a lot of the um, infrastructure that's owned over there is actually owned by and, and operated by individuals that came from India, right? You go to different areas and you can see um, things that are operated by those of Asian descent, right? And, and uh, white individuals as well, right? Occupying spaces. I don't feel like that we, that our power is not out of ourselves. It's just really honing in on, you know, channeling us and, and being able to, to uplift us, right? But that all kind of comes from this, um, the systemic uh, issue that, that's occurring, but, but highlighting it um, here, right? And what we're doing with this event is definitely something that's powerful. So just wanted to, to kind of touch on that a little bit. And I, and I hope you don't mind this. I'm going to call you Dr. D. <laughs> Young man, Dr. D, excellent. And you know, looking at Dr. Jeffries and Dr. Baber and 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 Dr. Uh, Benz, Reverend Benz, come on. If we can get the crowd out there on that Sunday, the twenty seventh, it would be great to truly highlight the social inequities that exist and bring people together. So I'm looking forward to embracing you and helping us make sure. Folks are out there for that event that, that we're doing the march and rally uh, properly. Thank you. Go, Dr. D. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Dr. But Dr. Ben, I'm going to call you Dr. Reverend Ben. Uh, well, D, uh, Eddie, I got a question for Dr. Uh, Dr. D. Uh, real quickly, analytics. Now, I'm an old football coach also, and, and, and sports has gone to analytics. Can you give the definition of analytics in a sentence or less in a way that 
a non-technical person could understand because analytics hits everything. <laughs> Your music, whatever you like, what you watch on TV, Stuff will read your tendencies, which is what we used to use in sports. What is this team's tendency? What is it they like to do? And better, what are my tendencies are so that I can make sure what they're trying to do against me? So give us a quick encapsulated definition of analytics because it's in our world, it's in our life today, and it ain't going away. Yeah, and I love that. It's actually really heavy in sports. Uh, Next Gen Stats, right, is powered by analytics, being able to understand, you know, when they throw the ball, the the, the percentage um, that the individual on the other side is actually going to catch it, right? And there's a whole bunch of things that have gone into um, kind of that analytics side. But analytics really refers to um, an analysis of data to uncover insights, patterns, trends um, that really inform decision decision making um, and, and drive improvements. That's what I would say analytics is in like a sentence. It's an analysis of data, right, of insights, patterns, trends um, that inform decision-making and, and drive improvements because All that's right. the ultimate goal is to take the data and to scale um, and, to, and to really improve from, from what you have. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm also, uh, uh, Dee, I wanted you to know that Reverend Baber is the one that came up with the theme for the event, Dream Unfinished, Continuation, Not Commemoration. So anyway, Eric, we're going to take a quick break. You guys hold on for a minute. Uh, we're going to come back with, and talk to her. Reverend Paul Benz. Eric, let's take this break and come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, Visit us at soundtransit.org. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, Eddie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest. I want to give a shout out to my supporters, uh, SeaTac Bar Group LLC. They own the African Lounge and Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A. Two brothers out of Las Vegas, uh, Iraqi War veterans. The Port of Sales Diversity Contracting Office, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion. The City of Seattle's Purchasing Construction Services Department, and the Northwest African American Museum. 
is celebrating 15 years. They have an October 6th gala at the, be at the Four Seasons uh, Hotel in Seattle. And the Champions of Unity Award will go to Vivian Phillips, longtime friend, and also to Brian Carter, who is Executive Director for Culture. So I want to make sure that, uh, you know, we uh, keep those folks in mind and support them. So I want to go to uh, uh, Reverend Paul Benz. Everybody knows that I have Hayward Evans, co-convener of the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Steve Baver, one of the leaders of uh, the whole movement for this, this 60th anniversary, uh, Dream Unfinished, a continuation, not commemoration, uh, Reverend Paul Benz, who's also organizing uh, the Snohomish County event with my friend Raymond Miller. And we have uh, DeMarlin Sisney, who is, uh, uh, has a technology firm and is teaching us quite a bit in the few minutes he's had with us. So I want to go to Reverend Paul Benz right now to talk about uh, what does uh, this uh, anniversary mean to him. And uh, you've been on our side of the table on all the struggles we've been in. So I can let everybody know that up front. So go right ahead, Reverend Paul Benz. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, when I when I think of the uh, the event that happened, uh, the momentous uh, event that happened 60 years ago in Washington, D.C., um, I think of some of the, the great African-American leaders that were a part of it. And who were they? So Don, D Dr. King, uh, talking about A. Philip Randolph, talking about Bayard Rustin, and, and on, on down the line. Who were they? They were people of action. Uh, they were not you know, just great communicators. They, they were that. Uh, but they also knew, especially Rustin and, and, uh, and Randolph, knew the importance of you don't make any gains. You don't make any gains unless you are at the table and unless you are organizing outside of the table to make to bring the change to to the communities that has to come through the, the decision makers and the powers that be in our society uh, who are not uh, aligned with with uh, the people in our community. So um, your listeners know, you know, um, besides being a minister, I'm I'm a lobbyist in Olympia. And right now, uh, I am lobbying for the Washington Coalition for Police Accountability. We are led by uh, uh, impacted family members that have lost loved ones at the hands of police, uh, police violence. And uh, your listeners, all of us know the, the uh, racist history of law enforcement in this country. Uh, uh, Dee was just mentioning it in, a, in, a, in, uh, in what's going on in Alabama, goes on right here uh, with the Seattle Police Department. Uh, so the changes we are trying to make, I, I want to put out a call to action right now as we enter this great weekend um, uh, of, of events. And will there be a lot of great speeches, but I'm, I got three bills that I want to get passed next session. And, uh, and the first one is to create an independent prosecutor for cases of you said, I don't know how much time I have. I'll try and get through this real quickly, Eddie. But Take your time. Take your time. In, instead of having police investigating themselves when there is a use of deadly force incident we need to have so we right now we have an office of independent investigations when manny ellis our brother went down uh coming from from uh, one of our churches playing drums and ended up not going home that that night alive taken by the tacoma police department we can get into the details of that but the people spoke up they said no not again and the governor listened, the attorney general listened, 
and they created a task force on independent investigations. We got that bill passed. Representative Deborah Entman, one of our wonderful uh, Afro-American legislators, helped uh, was the prime sponsor of that bill. That was three sessions ago. We're long overdue to get a, to get the corollary, the parallel uh, office set up, and that's independent uh, prosecution prosecutions of these cases. Use of deadly force that comes uh, from law enforcement that would come from the uh, the Office of Independent Investigation to come to an independent prosecutor so that the charging and prosecution actually happens, which has rarely ever happened, not only in this state, but in this country. Second bill is regarding traffic stops. I don't need to tell anyone on this Zoom gathering or your listeners about the impact, what happens too often in terms of when a black or brown person is pulled over by police. So this bill, House Bill 1513, Chapala Street, new legislator from uh, the 37th district in Seattle, King County, great legislator. Um, he himself was pulled over um, uh, when, when he was a college student. So this would reprioritize, take police off of the lower level traffic stops and reprioritize by law what they would be uh, um, allowed to, to stop a person for. And the last one uh, is House Bill 1445. It would give additional powers to our state attorney general to investigate police misconduct. So those uh, at the agency level. So those are three bills that that um, are are alive, not just going to be introduced. They were alive last session. We operate in a biennium, so these bills are alive uh, when the legislature comes back in session in January. And uh, I will come back again and remind your listeners. But right now, it may be the the, the dog days, so to speak, of August, but this is also the time to meet with your state legislators and let them know that it's time for an independent prosecutor. It's time to reprioritize what law enforcement can stop people for in terms of traffic stops. And it's time to give additional authority to our state attorney general to investigate police misconduct. Let me get off mute. Outstanding job, Reverend Paul Benz. We appreciate you being an advocate for the least of these and the people who are most uh, severely impacted. Now, there about, uh, before we go to Reverend Jeffrey, I wanna uh, have Hayward do a quick summary of uh, the four days of events. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you again, Eddie. Uh, on, uh, I guess, Friday the 25th, we have our preach-in, and that's at uh, Mount Baker Church. No, 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 Martin Luther King Memorial oh, Baptist Church in Renton. Martin Luther, King, Martin Luther King Church in Renton, and uh, uh, the information will be shared with you later. And then on on Saturday, we have the uh, young adult the the young adult uh, uh, conference or or opportunity fair. On Sunday, some marching rally, and then on Monday will be a panel discussion. But I want to digress with what Reverend Ben said. The legislation is so critical right now. I was even stopped uh, uh, coming home from work. And they told me to go home, the, the uh, uh, police officers. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So Okay. Uh, that march and rally will be at uh, at 3 o'clock at Jimi Hendrix uh, Park. And the march will go down to the Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Memorial uh, Park. on, uh, And also there will be a reception that's Sunday after the rally at uh, Holgate Street Church of Christ. Now I want to go to Reverend Dr. Robert Je uh, Jeffrey, uh, who is going to be having a real busy weekend. 
on Friday and Saturday of uh, 18th and 19th from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, there's going to be a renewing community revival. So I have Reverend Jeffrey take that over before he goes to what he's doing Sunday. Okay, yeah. Um, thank you, Eddie. I really appreciate the time. And I will be attending all of the Martin Luther King Jr. events and um, the march and, and the event at Martin Luther King Church. And uh, uh, the revival actually uh, came as a result of uh, the prayer line ministry at the church. Then they wanted to do something to go into the street and um, so you know they pretty much organized a two-day thing at um jimmy hendrix park and the, the theme is just simply uh to, to be a presence out in in our community and and to try to address the issues that um ongoing of community violence and those kinds of things so um so we'll be there Friday and Saturday. The speakers are uh, Dr. Shalene Allen, uh, Rynell Jones, Elder Rynell Jones, and Dr. Kerry G. Anderson is going to be there, and uh, I'll be there. Um, one of the goals of the, that um, that we were talking about and that we were dealing with was that um, there really needs to be a lot of family intervention in our community right now. And and so any anything that we gain from this these these three days uh will be put into um a place where we can use them to take we probably won't be able to take a lot of families because I'm not sure that we're gonna we're gonna do a lot. I mean we haven't had a lot of publicity around this. We just decided to do it. But we're gonna start taking as many families as we can um on retreats with the father. The mother, the children, um, and getting social services and getting people around those families, and if we can if we can if we can do three or four families a year, where we if the father's in prison, we'll try to work out where he can zoom in. If we can do three or four families a year, um, just try to address a lot of the dysfunction that's going on, because a lot of the dysfunction that's going on outside of the families is starting in the family. It, so I think that that is just a it's just a a need a, a desire to sort of do something about that. You know, I was speaking earlier about the fact that if if we're gonna if we're gonna move forward, we have to move forward as a community. But in order for the, us to move forward as a community, the community has to resolve a lot of the issues that are going on in the community, and a lot of those issues uh, we have to work on. We have to start rolling up our sleeves. And working on these issues, because these issues are as are as debilitating to us as that thirty five percent majority of whites who hate us and who who don't want us around in this country and who don't want us to excel in this country. And so there's a two pronged battle. It's a battle, internal battle, with ourselves, and it's an external battle with with our real enemies. And so I think that this is. This is something that we're doing to deal with sort of to try to address some of that internal stuff that's going on in our community. A lot of it has to do, I think, some, a lot of it has to do uh, with uh, some of it. Some of it has to do with mental illness. Some of it has to do with just the sense of just uh, people have given up. I mean, 
they've just given up. A lot of people have just given up on themselves and given up on, 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 on the possibilities for their own personal lives. These things can't be handled just by coming to church. And I know they, you know, people come to church at shadow Sunday and, and they go home and, and commit suicide with drugs and alcohol on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or they have children that are out in the street selling drugs. So we have to begin to, to, uh, to, to do an analysis of, of what is causing these problems, what is making people act the way they act, because a lot of these actions are insane. And, um, you know, I've been a victim of a lot of this insanity, but that's what's going on in our community. And we, what we have to do is, is, is address that. And this is, this is, I'm not saying that what we're doing is going to address that. I'm saying we're going to, we're going to launch one effort beginning. This is the beginning to, to, to try to, to try to do a foray into this, this, this tragedy, which is the black community, uh, and what we're doing to ourselves. And, and, and I know that a lot of people are, are doing things to us. But we're doing a lot of things to ourselves, and I think that we have to begin uh, this foray into that, and to and to do an analysis of that, and to try to uh, come to grips with what's going on in this community. And so that's what this is about. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some people there. But um, you know, we'll we'll be there for uh, from two to six, Friday, Saturday, and then we'll have a big musical on Sunday. And as I said. We will get uh, at least one or two families out of this thing that we will uh, follow up on and get take them to retreats, try to get all of the children, all the babies, daddies, everybody there at the retreat and uh, and try to try to uh, get social workers and people in to try to put an understanding around how we can begin to stop what is um, bring our community together and in, 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 in order so that we can do the work that, that, that we have to do going forward. I, I guess that hope, hopefully that explains it. Oh, it does. Now let, let's go to, uh, to, uh, to uh, the Sunday event that's going to be at uh, New Hope Missionary Baptist Church at 3 p.m. Yeah. And I see you have quite a lineup led by Josephine Howe. Yeah. And I hope, I hope this is a theme acclaim. Did I mispronounce her I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't. Anyway, I, I tried to mention all the other artists yeah. who would be appearing uh, yeah. at that event. So, uh, give us some information on that. That's it's going to be it's, 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 it's going to be a musical celebration, and um, hopefully, um, it will it will cap out or or end uh, that uh, three day uh, uh, that three day uh, uh, thing that we're doing. Um, you know, again, I want to also say that during these three days, we're calling every all the participants to fast and uh, and to uh, to to take seriously the the fact that uh, our community is under political, social, and 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 judicial attack and and police attack, but we're also under spiritual attack in terms of our mental stability, our capacity to come together our ability to believe in leadership and our ability to believe in each other, our willingness to tear down people and kill each other, to murder each other on the streets and to, to hurt each other for no reason at all. I mean, these things have to stop. And, and because we have to 
become an organized community if we're going to contend against what's going on against us. And so, yeah, uh, we're we're calling people who believe in this project, who, who are involved in this project, to fast with us. Myself, I've started fasting Wednesday, and I will be fasting until Sunday at 6. Amen. Because I believe that this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual war. And we can win the battle on the outside. But if we don't win the battle on the inside, we're just going to be as bad as the people that we're fighting. And we don't want that to happen. We want to bring light to this country. We don't want to bring any more darkness. There's enough darkness already. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to preach, but I am. I am. Go right ahead. <laughs> you are Reverend Dr. Robert same, L. Jeffrey, so I mean, please, preach. Reverend Dr. Steve Baber said uh, he had retired. And he said, now I'm doing all this work. I said, the Lord has you busy, brother. The work, is, the work you're doing is needed. So, I mean, that's right. kind of, yeah. Right. I like Robert, this is, this, I'm yeah. sorry, Eddie, this is preparation for tomorrow night. Okay, no, I won't be preaching tomorrow night. But uh, but anyway, uh, that's all. That's what that's what we're doing, and um, we'll probably um, do it this year. We'll probably um, do it a couple times next year, and we'll probably continue to do it. I mean, um, uh, we'll probably we're, we're going to try to get as many families as we can, identify and take them a retreat. This is not about them bringing them into a church. We're not. This is not about that. We're going to get secular socialist social social workers and psychologists and to work with these families. We're going to get uh, all kinds of help in there, and one family at a time. We will save this community one family at a time. Amen. And that's what that's what we believe uh, is the beginning of what has to happen, not just in Seattle, but across this country, um, because. We, this is not sustainable. What is happening in our communities is not sustainable. It, it, it has to have an end. And the only way it will have that end is that we bring that end into being. And um, so this is just one little peon step. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't even know if anybody's going to come. No, that's that's is, a real big step, Reverend. That's a real big yeah, step. But, I, I like that. The Marlin, uh, Mr. D, Dr. D, uh, his comments or thoughts about your your presentation, Reverend Jeffrey. So, so what? Uh, yeah, just around what he was saying. Yes. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that, and I really wanted to kind of highlight something that, um, you know, really spoke out to me is that this issue of collaboration. Um, I feel like. I, I can speak to to black businesses and just uh, entrepreneurship in general because that's what I'm involved in all day every day, right? <clears throat> Why is it that we have nine different organizations for black entrepreneurship if we're all trying to go after the same goal of uplifting, you know, the black community, black entrepreneurs, what they're trying to do, their businesses? There's no types of collaboration. Um, and this is due to, you know, some economic disparities, as mentioned, right? 0.01% of the funding that was mm. allotted to Black businesses last year. And um, I really feel like that it kind of leaves almost like 
peanuts on the table and then it's like everybody's trying to scuffle for the peanuts and then once you get the peanuts oh let me just run in my corner and then let me just do what I do with my organization right and the people that support my organization and I don't feel like that that's healthy or beneficial for anybody right mm. that's really trying to strategically um, partner and better right the whole community um, it's great for self right but as far as bettering the whole community I I don't feel like that that's beneficial. So definitely wanted to to kind of touch on that because I feel like, right, in order for us to move past this, we will have to come together, right? There there can't be the crab in the bucket mentality and there can't be this mentality that, oh, well, you know, there's only so much funding, so let me get it and, and go run with it. No, we have to, you know, sit down, actively listen to each other, right, and incorporate everybody um, to be able to break down these barriers. So, yeah, definitely, definitely wanted to touch on that, too. And I like to call on Hayward Evans. I see you got his hand up. Go ahead, Hayward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you, Brother Eddie. Look, and that's why the march on the 27th is so important. If we can bring out thousands of people for this march and share with them our concerns and, and what we believe, I think that would have a true impact here locally. And, and Reverend Baber, Reverend Benz, yeah, uh, Reverend, all uh, Reverend Jeffries, what you said, if we can present that to the community, I think it would, I think it would have a great impact. Well, that that's your that's your five minute speech, Reverend on uh, Reverend Jeffrey at the rally. So you mm -hmm. got you got a topic. So that's great. Okay. So so you you are on the agenda, Reverend Jeffries. All right, I'll be there. I'll be yeah, there. Yeah. So 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 I mean that that's going to be uh, really really important. Uh, uh, and then uh, uh, Reverend uh, Benz, he he got uh, some action item that need to be pursued, and that's the legislation to get some accountability from law enforcement. Uh, let me go to uh, Reverend Baber. Uh, Reverend Baber, any any comments from you, sir? Eddie, it, it 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 makes me feel well that people are agitating for making our community better. We, we, we've never been idle about this. We've never sat back docile as though there's nothing we can do because we have done so much with so little for so long because wickedness, which is what Dr. Jeffries, and that's what I wanted to allude to, it has always been a battle of spiritual wickedness. And part of, as I said, the march where Dr. King them said it, it was to reclaim and redeem the spiritual soul of this nation. Yeah. And that's still required. Yeah. So he's totally right. Where I go to work out in the morning, I have a concern because every now and then, because I tell young folks, you all are these tattoos you put on you. I don't want to condemn them, but be aware that some of the tattoos on some folks convey a message that's against you, mm. that doesn't speak to you. And they're getting more comfortable wearing these tattoos. <laughs> You know, where I have walked by, you know, young white boys and women, and they have SS and different things on their neck. And I'm like, I know what that tattoo signifies. And so there's a wickedness that has grabbed people. As he said, this nation is always, and there are those who benefit from it, mm. because they want us to just feel as though if you can accept a place of less than, but be quiet. Just be quiet. And it's like, no, our folks have never been quiet. 
And yep. that is what galls some people like, how dare you come in one of the most powerful nations that has existed in civilization. And you know, whether it, when you start to look at our history, you've had some a person who's running for president, I'm not going to give him his name, who says, well, folks here, even if they are being treated bad, they're being treated better than the majority of their people all over the globe. So why don't they just shut up and be quiet and be happy and accept it? It's like our humanity will not be denied. Mm. Mm. Okay, we got to take one quick break. We're going to come right back. It's a 90-second break. So we're going to take that break. <laughs> all right, all right. You got a bunch of preachers here, Eddie. Uh, I'm, just to, I'm just trying to pay for the time. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest. I want to give a shout out to SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, on the African Lounge Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A at SeaTac, the Port of Sales Diversity Contracting Office, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, the City of Sales Purchasing and Construction Services Department, and don't forget the Northwest African American Gala, which will be held October 6th at the Four Seasons Hotel. Vivian Phillips and Brian Carter will be honored there. And I want to thank uh, Haywood Evans, Reverend Dr. Steve Baber, Reverend Paul Benz, Reverend Dr. Robert L. Jeffrey, and uh, uh, Mr. D, Dr. D, the Marlon Sisney, uh, the, the uh, technology genius. So I want to thank you all for the day, and we'll have to do something next week until we can make sure that we have the people turned out for everything that's happening this weekend with Reverend Jeffrey uh, and uh, Jimmy Hendricks Park on Saturday and uh, Friday and Saturday from 2 to 7, and on Sunday at 3 p.m., Josephine Howell and our entourage, including Reverend J.B. Proctor. He can sing, too. Yeah, yeah, he can sing. Lighting up things at, at, uh, at uh, uh, New Hope Missionary Baptist Church. That's Sunday at 3 o'clock. So thank you all. Thank you, Eric. And we'll be keep struggling to see you soon. Thank you, Eddie.